Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Well, it is that time again, and we are kicking off another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. And I know I say it every time, but I mean it 100% every time the words come out of my mouth. I'm really excited about this episode because just like all of the others, I had the opportunity to sit down with a girl who just has such a passionate heart. I love what she's doing. I love her approach and her outlook on things. And she shares a very real story I'm talking about Jessica Bond with The Outsiders TV, and on this episode, we sit down and talk about kind of her start into hunting, um, coming from a background that, you know, her family didn't hunt, she wasn't exposed to it growing up, and how she got into it with her then-boyfriend, now-husband, and just his, uh, his guidance and mentorship in her really diving in and taking this journey It was really neat to hear the perspective and the dynamic they had behind, you know, how she got started and his encouragement for her to make it her own, for her to really understand what goes into the hunt before the harvest happens. Uh, We also talk about some kind of hard to touch on subjects. Um, My hysterectomy that I had a year ago, I just had my year anniversary from that. And we talk about her struggles with getting pregnant for the second time and really just kind of airing that vulnerability out there. Um, And it's hard sometimes that things happen outside of our control. And in the short term, it's always so hard to figure out, like, why is this happening in my life? Why am I walking through this specific fire? And I think it's really important that we remember we don't always know why. And someday when you come across like the revolution and you get to the other side, it may be easier to see why some things happen to us and for us. And sometimes we never really know. So it's really cool to hear her perspective on going through this particularly hard time. And I just had so much fun with her. I actually ran across Jessica's profile on Instagram several years ago. And it was crazy because I am a water phobe. I hate water. I am a giant baby. Like if I go to the lake or to the river, I can put my feet in, but getting past putting my feet in is like an anxiety attack waiting to happen. Uh, My uncle drowned when I was young. And so there's some anxiety that stems from being around the water, but above and beyond that, I'm just a wimp when it comes to water. So I saw this picture of her holding a giant catfish that she had just caught by noodling. It's absolutely crazy. I would love to see her do it in person sometimes. But just the idea of her going into this murky water in Oklahoma and sticking her hands in all these little holes trying to find a catfish blew my mind. So I knew I had to talk to her. It was really fun. It was great getting to know her. And I think that you're going to enjoy this episode as well. I also want to give a shout out to those who are leaving reviews on either iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave those. And I'm going to encourage you to press the pause button right now and to leave a review or comment on the show if you haven't already. Or even if you have, take the time and let me know what you're thinking or if you have any topic ideas, questions, or things that you want to expand on further. Now that we've kind of set the premise for the show and what this show is about, really talking about mindset, positivity, and where your momentum is going, we're going to start talking about things like getting fit, fitted for packs, uh, preparing for backcountry hunting, doing some digital scouting and using like Onyx Maps or Google Maps to go ahead and get your pre-season scouting done before you get your boots on the ground. We're also going to be talking a lot more about nutrition and supplementation. We're going to be talking about fitness specifically for hunting, for building strength and stamina, for shooting your bow and for making sure that you are not the last one up the mountain. So um, as we progress to go into those other topics, now that I feel like we have this foundation, I want to hear from you, and I want to know what you want to hear about from me. So go ahead, take the time, leave the review, let me know what you think so far, and then go ahead and tell me what ideas, topics, or questions you want me to cover next. I'm really super stoked, though, because I got to go out this last weekend 
we took some time, we got off the grid, we went into a new area we haven't spent much time. We brought some guns, we brought our bows, we got some food, we brought our camp gear, and we had two days of uninterrupted, no service, fun in the outdoors. I got to sight in my new rifle, um, and I just put the new RS-1, it's the Maven Optics rifle scope, and as a person who has grown up with hand-me-down optics my entire life, I've only got into the good optics game in the last three years because I always thought like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I don't spend that much time behind my glass anyways. Well, reason being my glass sucked. I had my dad's old Bushnell hand-me-downs, no offense to Bushnell, but what I was looking through was like blurry beer goggles. So I'm super excited that I have the RS1 uh, sighted in now. I am good to go. I've got it mounted on my gun and I am ready for any adventure this year. So if you haven't already heard of Maven, if you follow me, I know you have because I've been using their optics line for a long time, but get on and check them out. It's mavenbuilt.com, M-A-V-E-N-B-U-I-L-T.com. And uh, yeah, get a good look for what they've got going on there. They've got some awesome um, binoculars. They've got an introductory line and a high line. Um, which is going to be their pr premium line. But these rifle scopes that they started coming out with last year are on point. And looking through that thing, the eye relief is absolutely amazing. Um, I love being able to crank that sucker down to 15 if I want to or leave it down at two and a half. So super great scope. And I am excited to put some critters on the ground this year. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. So honestly, you know what's so funny is... I remember clearly the very first time I ever came across your profile and it was a picture of you noodling like this big old huge catfish and I was like you got to be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so crazy I'm I'm really excited to talk about that piece because I am like terrified of water so that's it just my it's mind-blowing to me oh wow man it is like I crave it. I it's. I'm sad that it's only pretty much like two months out of the year that you get to do it. So it's just. Uh. <laughs> Is it like because of like the river systems or the waterways or when the fish are there or how does that work? It's the water temperature. It's kind of the same as like it's it's like the rut or okay. or you know how tur how turkeys you know. Um, they're only really, you know, super crazy and strutting, you know, for about, you know, a month or so. I mean, it's, it's, it's just that cycle of spawning and that's when they get into their holes is whenever that water temperature reaches, um, um, a certain, it has to be like a certain temperature and, you know, you can kind of stretch it out just the same way as you do in turkeys where if you travel to a different state where their water temperature might be warmer than what yours is right now and you could go do noodling there for two weeks and then come do noodling um, you know, at home for two weeks, but you know, with us, we just pretty much just hit it hard. And plus there's a lot of scouting involved in noodling. I mean, you have to find holes. So it's kind of like waterfowl hunting where you just, you spend, you know, a good 75% of your time just scouting. And then whenever you actually get a fish, um, or, you know, or you fill a fish in a hole, it's like the best thing ever because you work so hard for it. I'm trying to understand that. <laughs> I It's so outside of any, like, I can't even walk in water. I have a hard time even putting my feet in water. And if, if it's relatively clear water and there's like grass, I can't, I can't do it. It's just, it's this overwhelming like anxiety. So as you're talking about this, I get this like stomach ache of, I've seen the water that you're in and you can't see the bottom yeah, you can't and it's, see. it's no. murky and it's, it's, you know, it's murky and muddy. And just the thought of going in there with the intention of sticking your hand and arm down into holes, trying to find something that's going to bite your arm blows my freaking mind. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's just addicting. How did you get into that? Like what made you decide to like do that? Well, um, so my husband, he's a big noodler. So, um, I would always, I have really bad FOMO, like do not leave me at home or I will be the worst wife ever. So if you're going to go out, take me. And so I would go out and I, you know, would just, um, I kind of figured it out after, you know, going out a couple times and, um, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't allowed to noodle, but the guys, they just, um, you know, my husband, a lot of the guys around here, they don't have, 
they don't have um, access or, or know how to find holes when noodling necessarily or where to start, and, and my husband does. So we're always taking people out for them to noodle their first fish or noodle their first fish of the season. So I'm kind of like at the bottom of the totem pole, which at the time was okay. Now I fight for my spot. Um, but um, so I would just go around finding holes, find or trying to find holes. And then um, the first time I found a hole and got bit, I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. And then I finally, once I pulled it out, it was just this sense of accomplishment, the sense of I just accomplished something so crazy and so challenging and conquered my fears that I felt like I could do anything. And it's kind of addicting. It's almost like, you know, whenever you, you know, run a marathon, you know, like over 26 miles, you look at it like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. It's so addicting because of how you feel at the end. And it's kind of, I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of the same thing whenever mm-hmm. you just conquer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I so, can, I can yeah. totally visualize that. Yeah. And definitely having something where it doesn't sound like you just walked out there and it was super comfortable for you either. You Heck definitely, no. yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I'm a huge um, proponent of people. Like it's, it's one thing to like stay and do life comfortably as long as every so often you're stepping outside the box and you're pushing yourself to prove to yourself, like, I can do these hard things. And um, I guess before we get too far into this, I should officially introduce you. We are speaking today with Jessica Bond out of Oklahoma. And uh, like I just said, kind of in the introduction, I came across a photo of hers online of her with this giant catfish and I was just blown away so I'm super excited to have you on the Her Inspired Journey podcast um, and just talk about everything life hunting being a mom um, going through some of your health stuff and just your your spirit and your perspective on moving mountains when you wrote that in the questions that I had for you that's something that I've a phrase that I've spoke for so long is that you were made to move mountains and I truly believe uh, every single woman, every single person put on this earth was meant to do hard things and to show themselves just what their worth is. So I really appreciate that and uh, look forward to this chat with you today. Yes. Oh my gosh. Me too. Me too. Totally. Awesome stuff. So um, you have not always been a hunter. It sounds like it's been within the last like nine or 10 years that you've really got into that. And uh Let's talk a little bit about your first experiences and when you really felt like this is what I want to do. I want to be, I want to be a part of this conservation and I want to be able to bring food home and put it on the table and provide for my family. Yes. Yes. So, um, again, I have, so it kind of started out with me just having FOMO and I had just met my husband. Okay. What is that? I am so FOMO, out of the game with FOMO. What FOMO is that? fear of missing out. Fear of missing, fear of out. missing out. Okay. Like, like if somebody is, everyone everyone else is out having a good time or everyone else is outside hunting, like, I want to be where people are. I'm a people person. I want to be where the adventure is. I, if, if I am not there, I just, I'm just depressed. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have FOMO. And so, um, so Christian, he would always go out with his friends and hunt. And I thought, and I've always loved being outdoors, hiking, um, just, you know, anything. I mean, I feel like everyone just loves being outside just because of, you know, the sun and just the amazingness of it. So, um, anyways, he invited me to go on a turkey hunt and this was just probably like four months after we met. Um, and I thought, well, sure. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a turkey, like a real life turkey in person went out. It was awesome. And then the next, um, then I believe the next day he goes, now you're going to shoot one today. And I thought, right on, let's do this. So I went out and, um, you know, it was just crazy to see, um, just kind of, because I came from a sports background, like I played basketball all through high school and then I went to college to play basketball and they ended up switching and doing cheerleading. So, so used to like the teamwork and just having something, um, like the challenge and the competitiveness mm-hmm. and of how everyone works together. And then in Turkey hunting, you know, um, that day, you know, Christian was calling, um, calling the bird and then he had a friend that was filming it um because that was right but that was before we started all of our like public like hunting you know where the public could see um and he would just him and his friends would go out and film it and then they would come home and just have dinner and 
watch all of their footage. Like that was the thing. And so, um, I was super honored that they were going to film me. Like I felt like the cool, the cool girlfriend, you know, that was <laughs> yeah. proving myself. And, um, anyways, went in, I got to see how everyone had their spot. I, you know, I had to, um, I had to not move. I had to make sure that I made a good shot. That was, you know, that was my role on the team. Christian, you know, called the bird in, got, you know, did a couple clucks to get him to stick his head up because there was um, some CRP um, on the edge of the field and I couldn't see. And then you would just do the click, click uh-huh. or the cluck, cluck. And then, you know, um, his head popped up and then I blasted him and it was just so awesome. And then we went, and we got to eat the meat and I'm sitting here thinking, holy cow. So this is how it works. This is how they used to do it a long time ago. And I thought it was pretty cool. And then just as we, um, you know, as Christian and I dated, um, it just kind of, I kind of was just wanting to do it because I loved hanging out with him and I loved being out, you know, just outdoors, but something was intriguing to me. And since I had been so involved in sports in high school and college, I kind of had a hole in my heart where I didn't really know where that worth was going to come in now that I was an adult and working. I mean, I just, there was a part of me that just wasn't like, wasn't full. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as I started, um, just kind of going on hunts with him. Um, he had, so my husband had killed a huge 198 inch, uh, whitetail in Kansas and he self filmed it, you know, and then, um, one of the guys from Buck Ventures saw it, asked him to be on the show. Him and his uh, best friend were on the show for two years with Buck Ventures. And I, I, um, had the honor of filming him. And so I got to see, like, I really got to put in the time filming and got to feel, you know, buck fever and all of that. And, um, my husband, he said after that turkey hunt, he told me, he goes, okay, so from now on, before you can harvest another animal, you have to come out, you have to put in the work and you have to value it. You have to set in the stand and see how the deer move and see how, you know, animals move and work together. Um, he goes, because whenever you take a life, you have to value it. And, and it has to mean more to you than just like a video game, you know? Um, and so I thought, okay, okay. I mean, I completely understand this. I want to earn this. I don't want to just come up and get it and it not mean anything to me. So, um, after a couple of years, uh, Buck Ventures, um, Christian and I, we decided we were going to branch off and kind of do our own thing. And, um, the guys from Book Ventures were super awesome. Jeff Danker and all of them, they have helped us so much as we started The Outsiders TV, which is um, just kind of based around um, faith and family and just getting outsiders involved. And what an outsider is, is basically, um, you know, kids, because they haven't got a chance. They're, they're outside of the hunting realm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody, like for instance, you, like if you were to come noodling, you'd be an outsider to noodling. So it's like introducing people to that passion and that love that you have. Like that just, my husband loves doing that. And then I, he got to do that with me. And it was so cool because I got to see the passion in his eyes. And I'm like, I want that. I want that so bad. But, you know, you can't just get it just kind of has to happen um and so after we started doing the outsiders um I realized I had to start my own business so I could have enough money to be able to hunt and take time away from I mean and and not you know you don't have to take so I could take off work basically Mm -hmm. and there really wasn't a work to take off from I could just pretty much go you know I could work around my schedule um so anyways after that I started hunting and I just really, I started understanding it. Then I started seeing it. I started going on women's hunts. I started learning from these other women. I got to see the passion in their eyes. And then this last season, when I shot my first whitetail by myself, I hunted this buck all season. Um, Well, I wouldn't say all season, but for 16 days, I hunted this buck by myself like pulling trail cameras, trying to figure out, like looking at aerials, seeing, you know, wind directions, my sets. I had to make decisions of not shooting whenever it was just after last light, but I could see him with my eyes, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't see my pins on my bow. And so um, I had to learn to be patient. And that was so very hard. Um, and, and then I finally, you know, I was able to, I shot him, 
couldn't find him, came back the next day, stumbled upon him after I prayed my heart out to Jesus. And then I, it was the coolest thing. I got to, um, I got to gut him or, or um, uh, skin him everything myself. I mean, and, and I had help from a girl that she actually Instagrammed me. She saw my story and she's like, I'm right down the road. Do you need some help? And my husband was out of town guiding. He didn't have service. So I didn't have anyone to help me. So thank God she saw my Instagram post. So I met, she's not my friend now. I met, um, met her on Instagram. She helped me, you know, clean my first book. And it was, it was just so cool. And then this last you know, turkey season, I've been, you know, just the past couple of weeks, I've been hunting um, outside of my husband's or out from underneath his wing, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and where it's like, it's slowly been building. I've had this passion. I've had this passion, but now it's more mine. I mean, mine. you know, I love sharing that with him, but it's mine now. I mean, it is something that is a part of my life and I don't know what I would do without it because with the stress and anxiety that I feel like I have just from what society puts on, you know, you have to be a great mom and you have to make the best lunches and then you have to be the best um, wife and then you have to harvest the biggest animals and then just make the most money and all this stuff. And I'm like, when I am in the woods hearing the birds chirp and watching animals be animals, I am like free. And mm-hmm. I always tell every, I tell everyone, I'm like, if I did not have that, I would be in rehab. I would totally, without a doubt, be there because life is stressful. And I think that it's so important um, for people to to find that outlet. And I truly think that the outdoors, even if it's just hiking or something like that, you know, could be the answer, you know, it could be a better alternative to other things. It but anyways, is, I know I kind yeah. of went a little crazy. <laughs> no, I love it. And I love so many different pieces of that story and just the journey that you've had from, you know, him inviting you on that first turkey hunt to you. Like you say now it, it's yours, but the, the whole part of it has been your your pathway to leading you where you are, which is really neat just to see how it's evolved over time and how you have built that confidence in it. And you, you're totally right. There's, there's this huge therapeutic piece with being outdoors and there's studies that show scientifically that spending time outside in nature is equally as, um, beneficial for some as taking an antidepressant to relieve symptoms And there is something that is so fulfilling about just, it's the smells, it's the air, it's the birds, it's the feeling of the gravel under your feet or being able to just look at things. I remember being um, a young kid, uh, I don't even know how old I was, I was probably 10 or 11. And um, I was really fortunate to have grown up with a dad who always wanted to take me deer hunting. That's what we did 100%. I never elk hunted, but I, I deer hunted from the time I was like five you know, till now. And for me, I even remember as young as being like 10 or 11 and I would be out looking at something, a rock or a pine cone or a stick or a piece of earth. And I'm like, there's a chance nobody's ever seen this before. There's a chance I'll never see this again. How beautiful and raw is this thing or this moment or the scenery or the sunrise or the sunset. And there's it, you know, I think a lot of people who are outdoorsmen can relate from being out there and to having those experiences and to, you know, feeling that rush in your soul. But to others that don't or don't get to get out very often, I think it's easy to overlook or forget how much being outside can really soothe your spirit. Yeah, I mean, 110%. It's super neat though. And I love to hear how, you know, your, your journey has progressed and in, 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 you know, when you started, it was kind of like, okay, so I'm going to go out here and what do I do? Where's my role? And now you've, you're going out on your own and you're making that happen, which is, which is awesome. And I think you brought up a very valid point though, that, you know, that's kind of the place where you can kind of reset and feel, you know, whole. And then outside of that, there's all these outside pressures. And it's something that we talk about quite a bit on the podcast is the social influence that comes behind trying to live up to 
society's expectation of you and what you should look like and the job you should have and how your daughter's hair should be dressed or, you know, done up or, you know, what kind of meal should be on the table. And you're so right in that there's so many pressures and outside influence to what we should be doing that being able to take that time. And for you, it sounds like you get quite a bit of it to just go out there and, and, you know, be, be submerged in nature is just awesome. Yes, it is. It is essential. Um, you you have, you have to do it, uh, or else it's just a balance. It's a balance in life. If, if, if you do too much of, of, uh, not taking care of yourself, I mean, get like, for instance, in between, um, so, you know, the lull in between, you know, January, whenever whitetail season ends and then spring when turkey season begins, um, I, you know, I wasn't outdoors a whole lot because it was here in Oklahoma. It's super cold. It never really snowed. It was just bitingly cold. Um, and it's like, you feel depressed. I mean, you just, you're not outside as much. And a lot of that's my fault. I could have, I could have easily gone outside, but I got so much into, um, and it was a lot of, you know, show season and traveling and you're just bogged down and, and just, I had a lot of my plate with my, um, with my job, I do, um, I do finances and I run builds of dental practices and we had four builds in three different States during that time too. And it was just insane. And I, um, and so here just about a few weeks ago, I actually got shingles and I don't know if you ever had shingles, Mm -mm. but they are terrible. Um, it's, it's, it's a virus that's kind of, um, it's the same type of virus that, are related to chicken pox, but this one's in your nerves and, um, it is like a nervy pain. It only happens on one side of your body and you get like these blisters that wrap around, um, kind of like just a little bit below your chest area and it happens, um, they, uh, stress can cause it and that's mm. what caused mine. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge indicator to me that it's like, Hey Jess, you, you forgot about yourself. You need to go outside. You need to go outside and just go for a walk. And I did. I, I, I started doing it. And it has, it was, It just reminded me. I'm like, you know, don't take this for granted. This this has power. Being outside mm-hmm. has power. And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, if you, you know, as you, if you grow up with it, you know, it's already in your lifestyle. And I've had to try to figure out and make it my lifestyle, you know? And then it's just, it just keeps proving to me time and time again, it's worth in my life, just hunting and fishing and being outside. And it's, it's just so cool. It's almost like it responds back and just says, Hey, I'm good for you. Get your butt out here. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think it's awesome. For sure. It definitely does. It's that instant feedback, instant gratification, which we know as a society, we look for that that instant feedback. And it's one of those ways that I think even people who are, you know, savvy in the outdoors or who spend quite a bit of time out there, it's easy to get um, overwhelmed and bogged down with everything that you have on your to-do list and, and on your schedule and your workload and your family life and sports and all those things. But I think... You know, for me personally, if I didn't schedule in time for myself, which almost 100% of that is something outdoors, I would lose my mind. I, I kid you not, like you said, you'd be in rehab. I, I, I would lose my mind. Like, I have to be able to do that. And for me, it's not like, I hope I get it in this week. It's like, I'm putting it here today and there tomorrow and here this weekend Because if you don't, one thing leads to another and it's the end of the week and you're, you know, sitting in a dark corner somewhere rocking back and forth because, you know, you've you've neglected to refill your cup. Oh, yeah. So something that you were talking about was, you know, the societal pressures and, you know, feeling like you have to kind of navigate what society tells you their expectation is and how you deal with that. And I'm really curious to know because, you know, with what you guys are doing with the Outsiders TV and kind of being in the spotlight, if you will, with that, there's always, I think it's very easy to get wrapped up into, you know, okay, well, I'm doing what I want the way I want to do it. And, you know, I can hear the opinions of others, but I don't really 
hold that advice, you know, close to the chest. But how do you navigate, like, not letting comments or expectations or other people's ideals, like, help control what you're doing in life or how you're feeling? Yeah, um, that's a, that honestly has been a super big struggle for me um, because um, I don't know if it's just, it's, I, I compare, I have a hard time with comparing and I don't mean to, and I very much have been, I recognize it and I have been trying to work on it. Um, and I feel like I'm so much better than what I used to be, but you know, I, I learned to hunt publicly you know, the first time I hunted was with a camera and I did not hunt without being filmed or somebody you know, or without, I didn't hunt without being filmed until probably like my fourth year hunting. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was, it was added. I mean, it was added pressure and I was always thinking because I, I would always think, okay, other people are going to be seeing this. And so I was always worried about what the, what the other people, other people would think instead of what, instead of my experience. And I think that's why it took so long for me to build that relationship with hunting. Cause for a while I, I totally think I was doing it for other people and for my husband, not that he demanded that by any means, but I want, I wanted to impress him, you know, and, um, I wanted him to be proud of me and to show that return on investment, which I think that's still okay, but I didn't even put myself into that factor. And then just, um, social media, um, like I was not planning on having social media following or anything like that. It just kind of happened. And then I know, um, a few years before I had had this moment where I, I don't, I want to say I was sitting in a parking lot and I felt like God was telling me you're meant for more than I was, I was dental assisting at the time. Like you're meant for more than this. And I'm like, okay, I am. So I, you know, opened up my own business. We opened up dental assisting schools and that was the, and I had prayed for a platform to change people's lives. Like I want to change people's lives by being a positive influence and showing them that there are, there is positivity everywhere. You just have to have the eyes to see it. And so I just, I thought that, you know, the dental assisting school, cause I got to see students lives changed and moms now that now have careers and, you know, just so much with that. But then the hunting came along and then I had an even bigger tool, which was my social media. And it was something that I had no idea that there was that platform. And I, I mean, at one point I finally figured out that that's what it was for a while. Um, I kind of got wrapped up in it as in, Oh my gosh, people are liking my stuff. This is so cool. Like I've started getting like affirmation from it you know Mm -hmm. and I I didn't mean to but I just I mean I did I did I mean just honestly and then after a while I thought man this isn't this isn't right like this this can't be right um I mean I was still being me um and everything but I was again relying on what other people thought and it was good so I mean they thought good things about it so I didn't really have any issues you know (laughs) so I'm like okay this is great well then whenever I started getting the death comments and, you know, just as all of us hunters get, and, you know, or just I'm sure a lot of people, other people get it too, but all the negativity. And then I started getting people that they, that are my friends. And then they would say, are you hunting for the right reasons? Are you hunting? So you could be Insta famous. And I, I don't know the Insta famous word. Nothing will set me off more than that word Insta famous <laughs> because it's like, no, that is not it. That is totally not it. And then I finally thought, why do I have this? And that's where I figured out this is the platform. This is, I have an Instagram following because God granted me a platform for me to use. I was like, and I have a big responsibility with that. And I have to start figuring out how to use it and how to stop comparing and how to start realizing that um, me, myself, me, just myself, the way that I am, the way God created me is enough that there is, has never been 
you know, a Jessica Blonde before me and will never be one after me. And there isn't one now other than me. And that is that way for a reason. And it's that way for everyone else. And there's things that I can do that nobody else can do. And I have to remind myself of that constantly whenever I look at, you know, other, other women. I mean, I don't really compare myself with men, except for my husband, but other women, um, you know, I look at them, oh, they're, they're prettier than me. Oh, they shot a bigger buck than me. Oh, they, whatever. And it's hard to not get sucked into that. I mean, just to be honest, but I just put sticky notes everywhere and just remind myself. And I really try to, um, surround myself with positivity and outdoor love. And I really try to focus when I make my posts that I'm being me, that I am that I do post about my struggles because I know that I'm not the only one because, you know, comparison is the thief of joy and it will take the joy out of everything. I mean, even if, I mean, just bottom line, you compare something that could be great, you're automatically taking that joy out. And so I have learned that time and time again, and I'm finally getting to where, and I, maybe cause I'm getting older. I don't know. Um, where I'm getting on, I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit more of a handle on it and being okay with being me. And if I don't get a lot of likes or if I don't get the praise from my friends here um, at home, I just have to know that I'm better than yesterday and that I, if, if I am following what I feel like my purpose am, is and I am you know, just moving forward and growing, then I'm okay with that. And I, it's not like I'm that awesome all, you know, all the time I struggle with that, but that is the pep talk I'm saying right now is the pep talk I give myself quite a bit, but I feel like, I mean, you just gotta, you know, keep trying and keep, keep rocking. And like your podcast has completely helped me because it helps me know that I'm not the only one that struggles with stuff and that, everyone's journey is inspiring and everyone's journey is different. And I think that it's so cool that you created this because it's a great tool um, just for anyone. Well, I appreciate that very much. And your words are super encouraging. And I think it would be, you know, completely accurate to say that to some degree, everyone struggles in those ways. Even if you are someone who's extremely confident in themselves and is, is, you know, has a clear mind and happy with where they're at, I think it's really easy because social media for, you know, it is what it is. It's a platform. It's a public platform where we now get to post our stuff however we want to portray it. And it opens up the idea to have other people's opinions get involved in our lives. Which is great because I meet people like you and I've made some really awesome friendships. Friendships that I would never have because I was never outside the box. I live four driveways down from where I grew up. I'm a small town girl. I try to avoid going to town unless it's for groceries and then I get dressed up like it's a big deal. You know, so like I don't get outside the box very much. But now that we have social media, we have this avenue for other people we're essentially inviting them in to look at our lives and approve of di- or disapprove. And yeah. I really agree with though with what you're saying. You have to evaluate like why am I putting this out there? And I can I'm I guess I'm kind of on both sides of the fence with like filming sh- filming hunting or filming anything, really. For me, yeah. you know, I've had people say, "Well, do you guys film your hunts?" and I'm like, "No, because for me, it takes away the moment. It takes away the yeah. joy of being in it. And if I feel like even in my daily life, if we're going on a road trip and I'm trying to film everything, sure, it can be fun. And yes, I do some of that. But for me, I feel like this fun moment, this this joy or this passion has now become, where's the camera? Did I get the right shot? Let me look at this instead of going yes. like, wow, kids, did you see that? You know, whatever. And And so I think you have to realize though, like, somebody else might that might be where their joy is in doing that and sharing those things and those moments in the in the film with other people and so that you know for that reason I'm so grateful that everybody has their own individual take on life um but regardless of what your take is or why you're doing things I think it's really hard to remember a hundred percent of the time that 
though I'm sharing this with other people, it shouldn't, it shouldn't change my course. It shouldn't make me pivot from one side to the other based on if people like it or if people share it or if people comment on it. And I think though, for a lot of people it does, which is unfortunate. And I know too, like you kind of the growing pains of when you first started sharing things publicly and on a social platform. For me, I had people reaching out in big companies saying, Hey, can you film this for us? Can you do this for us? And I was so, I was wearing the wrong size britches at the time and I had no idea what I was doing. And so for me, it became inauthentic to who I was, you know? And so I had to kind of just pull myself out of that and go, I'm going to share, I'm going to share it all. And there's a lot that I don't share about my life. And if you follow me, you probably understand, like, I don't share a lot about my kids, um, who, who is the best part of my life, but I've had those death threats and I've had stalkers and I've had these things to where I had to pull that side back. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, to, to just kind of, you know, button up that whole point, it's important, no matter if it's on a social media site or within your friends group or at your, you know, at work, that you're doing things because you want to be doing them and not for the approval or affirmation from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I could not, I could not agree more, even though it is hard at times. Um, but yes. Yeah, I think your your uh, encouragement though and your advice there is a is a really good point for other people. So I think there's going to be a lot of good wisdom that comes out of that. Um, something I really want to talk about, and it's a hard topic. It's something I haven't oh really talked about much, and I'm not okay. sure if you're comfortable with it either. But we can just roll with it, however it comes. Um, was your your medical issues after having trying to have baby number two? Yes. So, um, it was, I found out. So in September, I finally was like, okay, it's time to have another baby. Finally was mentally ready. Um, and then I had had some anxiety issues because again, like I have a lot of responsibility on my plate with my job, with all my clients and stuff. And then the dental assisting schools. So, um, I thought, okay, I think Brinkley's old enough. Um, you know, I, I think we're ready. And then I went in and I said, Hey, what kind of anxiety medicine could I have that, you know, is okay to be pregnant with? So I went in and they did some blood work to just kind of see what my levels were, see if my hormones were off. Well, then whenever they, um, then I will never forget. I was at Brinkley's swim lessons and they called me and, um, you know, we're behind the glass and she, my doctor called me, like my actual OB that delivered Brinkley. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, this can't be good. She's like, okay, um, I just want to let you know that your menopause hormone is very high and you're, to have another baby, you're going to have to go into fertility. So I was like, what? I'm 31 years old. How, how am I, I'm like, no, you're overthinking this. You're overthinking this. Maybe it was just bad blood work. I went, did blood work again, same thing, went to look at for, um, went to the fertility doctor. They told us that I basically, um, don't have what it, so my brain is telling my uterus to make eggs and my uterus is like, nah, I'm okay. And so that hormone in your brain, um, is very high because it's screaming, make eggs, make eggs. And that was where, that was the hormone she was talking about, the menopause hormone. Um, and my baby maker apparently was like, I don't want to make eggs, you know? So they told me if I want to have another biological child, it's going to be very, very hard. Um, unless if I do fertility. And so we tried it, my insurance didn't cover it. And in order for it to be successful, we had the option of like the very low end, which was a thousand dollars a month, or you could do the $15,000 treatment or the $30,000 treatment. And I'm like, we, we can't afford that. I mean, you just, we can't. And so we thought, okay, well, we're going to set aside some money. Um, and like, like I didn't put in for the New Mexico draw this year. I didn't put in for a lot of stuff because that money had to go to fertility, um, which it's hard to not be selfish. I know that sounds terrible, but you know, like 
giving up something that means so much to you, like hunting and stuff like that. And I was like, this is the right thing. And I was okay with it after I, cause it was just such a big shock, you mm-hmm. know? And so I um, started doing the low end treatments and, and it, I did it for a few months and, and it was just, my hair started falling out. Um, I, my skin started aging. Um, it takes so much out of you. And I felt like, um, after a while, my husband and I got to talking. We're like, okay, here's the deal. We need, um, if God wants us to have a baby, we're going to have a baby, you know, with, you know, Sarah and Abraham, Sarah had the baby, even though she was hundreds of years old, you know? (laughs) And it's like, if, if we're meant to have a baby, we will. And I, um, I ended up getting off fertility because I felt like I was pushing my body to do something that it, that it didn't want to do. I mean, and then my hair is falling out. My, my, I was having hot flashes and for an example, if anyone wants to know, like understand a hot flash, I thought, Oh, it'd just be hot. You know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I get hot. I mean, I can handle that. Well, what a hot flash is like, is like, you know, whenever you go, you have your waders on and you go into water that's, you know, all the way up to, you know, your waist and your waders just suck in like real tight on you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like that, but extreme heat. You feel like you can't move. You, you know, you could be in the shower, you know, butt naked and you still feel like you have waders clean to you and you can't breathe and you're just so hot and you and there's no relief and and it makes you like nauseous and it is I never thought that hot flashes would be like that but they it it was it was terrible and I never a lot of people you know a lot of women with the hormones they get mean you know or become a b-word I didn't I um my feelings got hurt Mm. very easily Mm -hmm. so I I already struggled with being confident and then you added that in there. And then I felt like I'm a mom or I'm a, I'm a woman. What do women do? I mean, they, they, they give their daughter a sibling to play with. They give their husband, somebody, you know, another son or daughter. My husband comes from a family of eight brothers and sisters. His dream was have a big family. Mm -hmm. And for me to know that I couldn't give that to him, I, I struggled with that for a, I mean, I think I'm just now maybe getting over it. Um, I felt like that I wasn't, I couldn't do what I was made to do, which was, you know, to have babies and give my family something, you know, give my family and just expand it, you know, and my husband was just so supportive. He goes, I just want you to be okay. I want I love you. We have Brinkley. She's amazing. You know, and he was just the best and so supportive. But it took me a while with that. And um, a lot of that was um, the stress that I think threw me into a little bit of the early menopause. My mom had it when she got went through it, I think at 38 or 39. But, you know, I'm 31. And mm-hmm. so they think definitely stress because um, I'm just – I, I'm just one of those chicks that just has a lot of anxiety and stress and I am working through it. And that's where, you know, again, me being able to go outside and hunt, like you were saying, without the cameras by myself that, and I just started doing that like last year, like going out by myself and screwing up, but by myself. (laughs) So it's completely different. I mean, shoot, I remember accidentally hitting my, Dagum uh, trigger on my release and shooting an arrow through the blind. I mean, like, just stupid stuff like that. But I could laugh at it, whereas if anyone else was there, I would probably cry because I'd be so embarrassed. But just stuff like that, that now I don't have that pressure and I can actually go and release all the stress and anxiety that obviously was taking a toll on my body, taking a toll on my life and my family's life. Like I had to do something about it. And so um, that's whenever we, I started telling my husband, you know, I love you, but I need to go hunt by myself. Um, Let's go over aerials before I go. Um, Let's go over wind direction. Let's go over the trail cameras. Um, I'll tell you what I think, what I know. And then you tell me 
like correct what I, you know, you just kind of teach me. Yeah. Let me try it first. You know, and it was, and it, I mean, it's still a work in progress, but I cannot even tell you the role again that hunting outdoors by myself has made in my life. And it's literally, it's changing my life right now. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily changed my life all the way yet, but like right now, this is my journey and this is, it is changing right now. Like, and I'm so excited to see what's going to happen in my future because I just have this feeling that again, that I was meant for more, like all this, like so much good's going to come out of it. And I know that going through early menopause (laughs) makes me feel old. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, that happens, that happened for a reason and me getting my shingles that happened for a reason. I mean, somebody had to snap me out of it, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, get outside, you know? And then, I mean, I just, it sucked. It was a sucky time in my life, but I also feel like it was a period of growth, a period that, you know, I had to get that slap in the face for me to realize, um, you know, that I needed to restructure my priorities and stop, um, trying to make everyone else happy. And, um, and it was a great thing in our marriage because, you know, I got that, you know, just extra affirmation that my husband loves me, not for what I can provide, but he loves me. And that was, I can't even tell you the power in your husband saying that to you. It's crazy. Men, they have no idea that word. I mean, the words have the power of life and death and there's so much life they can speak. And I mean, and we do too. And it's just, but yeah, that, yeah, this is the first time I've shared this like publicly. And I'm, I am very happy that, you know, I'm getting to, because I was super embarrassed about it for a minute. <laughs> I mean, but I had some of my best friends and, and you know, the first people that I text honestly were, um, you know, three of my best friends in the outdoor industry, which is Kara Harper, Nikki Boxler, and Kendall Jones. Those are the three girls that really helped me. And I had a lot more. But those are the ones that they they prayed for me. They helped me through it. When I left the doctor, those are the girls I talked to. Yeah. And again, that came from Instagram. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Instagram, you get on my nerves, but I really like it. <laughs> yeah, very true. And I couldn't agree more with every fiber of my being and for every hard or traumatic or unbelievable situation I've been through. I've, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where at the time you're like, why me? Like, why is this happening? Why is this going on? And, and it's easy to feel like sorry for yourself and to feel like angry, right? You go through a whole gamut of, of emotions and trying to figure out like, why am I here? Like, yeah. And I think one of my biggest struggles is that when I go through the fire, I seem to go through one thing after the other, after the other. And I know now because I have a, a different perspective that, that God tests the strong, right? He, he doesn't, Yes. And, and whether you believe or you don't believe or you believe in something, but you're not sure what it is like, just know that when you're walking through tests, it's to see how strong you are because you have what it takes, but you have to determine what you take from that. And I know some people believe or don't believe that everything happens for a reason. And I strongly with every fiber of my being believe that you don't go through anything that doesn't have a greater effect in a, in a life-changing experience to be taken from it. But whether you do or not is totally determined by what you take from it. Yeah, because I could not agree more. The, the hard things, they can just suck the life out of you and then you can try to move on from it and, you know, just try to forget about it. But I think that there's a lot of value to be had and to be found in trying to, like, dissect and really, like, sit with it, sit with it for a while. And actually, Kirsty Ennis brought up a really good conversation and, and piece when we talked um, 
I can't remember what episode number it was, but she said something that really made me think, you know, we go through hard times and we try to like, so we get angry and we get sad and we get frustrated and all those things. And then we, we feel like, okay, I have to snap out of it. And she brought up a very valid point to say, sit with it, sit with it. And I started thinking about that, you know, because it's, it's true. We try to move past things and we try to get, get on with it. And we try to, you know, pull ourselves out quickly and I think there might actually be more to take from something if you can really think about it, look at it from all angles, try to figure out why, how you can do better, what you can change, what you can take from it, how you can serve other people and having gone through that experience. And I went through something yes. kind of similar um, last year um, around Christmas time. Uh, I got a phone call that I had some bad labs, bad blood work and and my doctor called me and they wanted to do an ultrasound of my uterus. And I had been having issues for quite a while and just kind of put them off. I'm not a doctor person. And, you know, I just kind of thought this too shall pass or whatever. So I had waited longer than I should have. And I ended up going in and having an emergency hysterectomy to remove my uterus. Holy cow. At 34. And, you know, I already have two amazing babies. They're super awesome gentlemen. I couldn't be more proud of them, but I had the hopes of having more kids. And, um, so I talked to my OB and I said, well, I'd like to, but ultimately my responsibility, I've been blessed with these two boys. And so I feel, and this is my personal feeling that I would be selfish to not have you do what's in my best interest in hopes of having another baby down the road. So she decided that she wasn't comfortable just doing a biopsy. She wanted to go in because of the blood flow, because of how big it was, because it was very atypical. It didn't look benign. It looked like it was presenting as cancer. She said, if we do a biopsy, I just feel like that's a really great risk. And doing the hysterectomy is the best thing. And I have been through fire, but there is nothing scarier, in my opinion, And this was just a year ago. Like, I just had my year birthday from this. And uh, going in to have somebody remove a part of who you are as a woman, not knowing if you're going to come back and the next conversation you're going to have is about chemo and radiation. Oh, I I could not. Terrified. And I said, I was talking to my mom and I, I girl, I've never cried so much in my life. And I said, how do I tell my kids I have cancer? Like, how do I, how do I go to my kids and tell them I'm going to go through chemo and radiation? I'm going to go through this treatment. And I'm so thankful because pathology, they did pathology at the time of the surgery and they did, um, follow up pathology and it came back, um, as being, borderline but was not yet progressed to cancer and so I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed to have had that but then your body goes in you know and then you start having all these hot flashes and you have these mood swings and I PMS now like I am raging like I actually went and saw the doctor the other day because we're doing follow-up blood work and um, I've been very blessed like with PMS and I'm glad I can talk about this because this is a women's podcast but I rage now. Like I am, I'm not just like irritable. I want to like rip your body parts off and like suffocate you with them, you know, and yeah. it's not good. Yeah. And it's not good. So, um, I'm actually going to do a podcast, a follow-up after I get my blood work back. And I think I'm going to sit down and talk to a naturopath because I know so many women struggle with either it's extreme PMSing or it's PCOS or it's early menopause, or it's it's having these things yeah. happen, and it's so much more, it's going on so much more rapidly than it was before, and it's one of those areas where it's, it's, it's hard to talk about, because it is, it's a part of who you are as a woman, and like you were saying, like, you wanted to be able to give to your family, and to be able to have these babies, and have healthy babies, and and for some reason, when that ability is taken away, it's gut-wrenching yeah yes (laughs) but you know I think we have to hear our own words of encouragement in that there's a reason there's there's a greater reason behind it and we have to be selfless enough 
to let go of the expectation that we feel like we had to have and to enjoy what we already do have, to embrace the blessings that we have and to be able to walk through it with grace. Yes, absolutely. Which is the hard part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I will say that I love Brinkley more than I ever imagined I could. And so I feel like I'm a much better mom to her now um, than if, like, because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's really important, too, to... to to remember that. And I, and it's, you know, as, as the hard times, you know, get farther and they're behind us even more, I think with any situation, it's easy to quit looking at the relevance of that. Right. So now you're, you're looking at your daughter and you're like, you know, I always loved you, but now I just cherish you and being your mom and you being my daughter so much more because I know what I know. And I think sometimes as we get farther removed from the scenario or from the hard times or whatever we've been walking through, it gets easier to forget that feeling of being blessed with what you have or, um, you know, with being able to maneuver through that, that time of your life. And if we could bottle up that feeling of gratitude and, uh, take it as a double shot every morning with coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would, I would be addicted for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Jessica, what advice would you have for women listening in who are walking down and going through similar struggles that you've been through and not necessarily holding on to that, those pieces of positivity? How would you like to encourage her in her journey? So what, what I definitely would say is, is ask for help. Um, chances are you're trying to do it all on your own. Um, so make, make sure to ask for help. And I also, I think podcasts are very, very awesome. I love, um, Rachel Hollis's podcast. I love her girl, wash your face. Um, I mean, she's, I love listening. Uh, just, I don't know what it is about her, but she has really helped me in this. And then journaling, is a big thing. Um, whenever you have those struggles, you got to get them out and you're either going to get them out with anger, um, anger towards somebody or, or crying or whatever. You just like let it out. You can let it out on paper or however. Um, but the number one thing is, is just help. Like, you know, find that friend and don't, you know, just be honest with them and just talk to them and let it out. I mean, you're going to find that people love you. Like they truly love you. You might not think that they do. And you might think that you're worthless or that this, you know, setback is going to make them feel differently about you, but it's, that's not true. So I would definitely say, you know, ask for help, you know, talk to your friends about it. And then definitely, I mean, of course, pray about it, but I know a lot of people aren't. Um, religious. So that kind of goes along with journaling. Um, you can just get it out by either praying or you can even like a journal prayer or just letting it out that way. Um, and then one thing that was in Rachel Hollis's podcast, or actually there's two things that I did that, that really helped me. So the first thing is, is the five to thrive. You write down five things that truly bring you joy bring you joy don't they don't bring other people joy bring you joy you write down those five things and you really really make it a point to do those five things you know one a day or all five of them every day just whatever then the other thing which you know this might not apply to everyone but because i struggled with confidence um i made a playlist um of every song that made me feel like a badass <laughs> because I was not feeling, um, because I don't cuss. That is a big thing for me. I don't know why I just don't really cuss a lot, but I finally was like, you know what? I want to be a badass and I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it proudly. And so I made, I titled it, um, on my phone. I said, you are a badass. You're a badass mom. You're a badass wife. You're a badass hunter. You're just a total badass. That was what I put on it. And then I put all this music that makes me feel good. It makes me feel awesome. And so whenever I am 
feeling a little down. I read that and I remember I wrote that and it just, I mean, it really helps me that. And then, and then the five to thrive. Um, I don't know. I, I, I hope that would be awesome. That I can help everyone, but man, it, it has really made a big difference for me. That's such good advice. I, I honestly, I appreciate those words so much because they are definitely pivotal pieces in, you know, navigating your own journey and, you know, dealing with overwhelm or anxiety or any of those things. I think it's, if you can take time to take perspective, to write it down, to figure out what makes you happy and to give something that puts a little bit more fuel in your fire, I think it's so, it's, it's such a good catalyst for, you know, progressing to good things in your life. So great advice, Jessica. Well, well, thank you coming from you. That makes, makes me feel pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so where can people reach out and find more from you and what you're doing and keep tabs on your life? So, um, my Instagram is like my main platform and you can direct message me um, anytime. And it's at Mrs. Um, MRS Jess Bond. Um, my Facebook is the same. I just started my Facebook page. I've been keeping the face, the business Facebook thing, not really going. And then I kind of finally figured out I'm just going to do it. So Instagram is the best place. Um, if you want to follow our family, um, our, our family outsiders page on Instagram, it's at the outsiders TV. If you want to see, um, just us with Brinkley and my husband and just, um, just hanging out with, with our friends and introducing outsiders, uh, to the outdoors. But yeah, um, if you, if anyone, like wants to reach out, like don't hesitate. You can direct message me on Instagram. I love helping people and I love, I mean, even if it's just for like recipes or just mom advice or I even, I give a lot of relationship advice because I'm one of, out of my group of friends, I am the oldest by a lot. So I kind of, I'm always giving relationship advice. (laughs) I don't know why, but I mean, really anything. I mean, I'm here I, I, again, I want to make an impact on the world and that starts with one person at a time. So if you want to be that one person, I would love for you to be that one person. I love your willingness to help, to give back, to encourage and to empower because we need so much of that in our society and especially among, you know, groups of women to just love one another, to stand and link arms and to support each other in, in authentic ways that, that make a difference. And I really appreciate who you are what you're doing, the journey, and you sharing bits of your life, because I know it will encourage others. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on and giving me the opportunity to. And I might have to make my way to Oklahoma. Yes, um, you could come noodling with us. You could watch. I could could watch. Yeah, I could be your cheerleader. (laughs) Yes, you totally could. I mean, it's, it's just as thrilling to watch as, well, okay, maybe it's not as thrilling to watch as doing it, but... Oh man, it's it's so awesome. If anything, we can just both fish. Yeah, there we go. I might I might swear a lot if I'm in the water, so I'll probably stand on the outside. <laughs> That's okay. I will not I I will not hold anything against you. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, until next time, Jessica, I will uh, be chatting with you soon. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much again, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you, ma'am. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration, some good advice, and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, any topics or ideas, and your feedback. You are so valuable to me and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.